0: Hello and welcome to the podcast Where Did the Rabbit Go? In this weekly podcast we celebrate curiosity, critical thinking and evidence-based skepticism. I'm your host Marco and this is show 73 for Thursday, June 17th, 2021. Good morning, as I'm recording this episode early and with a cup of coffee. Even though it's very hot outside and inside the house, can't wake up without a nice cup of coffee. What do you think about this? Do you also have such a coffee addiction Or is there some other sort of comfort food or drink for you? So I have some news. I went and got my eyes checked. Years ago, I got some glasses, but I always felt that they are not really helping anymore. And that I was just forcing my eyesight, which was giving me headaches and fatigue. So I was not wearing these glasses anymore. But whenever I went back to the same place, they just confirmed the same type of glasses for me. Yeah, those are still the right ones for you. Of course, I wasn't happy with that. Well, the place that I usually went to had closed, which is very unfortunate for them, I know. I guess they are a victim of this pandemic aftermath. But that forced me to go to another store. And I did. Over there, they make this exam with a computer. I'm sure that you have seen this. You just look through a pinhole and see a blurry image while they take a look at your eye through a camera, and they give you results instantly. And, surprise, the values they got for me were completely different from the other place, which suggested that I needed different glasses. So I just received these glasses on Monday, and boy, it looks like the difference between a regular TV station and a station that transmits in high def. So I have both myopia and astigmatism. What does that mean? Myopia is also known as nearsightedness. It's a common vision condition in which you can see objects near to you clearly, but objects farther away are blurry. It occurs when the shape of your eye causes light rays to bend incorrectly, focusing the images in front of your retina instead of right on your retina. Which means that I don't struggle with things that are near to me. So I can read a book work on my laptop or my cell phone without much trouble, not really needing glasses. But for things that are far away, things become blurry. So like when I'm watching TV, or a presentation in class, or driving my car, that's when I most need my glasses. What about the other one, astigmatism? That's a condition in which your eye isn't completely round. Ideally, an eyeball is shaped like a perfectly round ball, like golf ball sized. Light comes into and bends evenly, which gives you a clear view. But if your eye is shaped more like a football, to exaggerate this, light gets bent more in one direction than another. That means only part of an object is in focus. And things at a distance might look blurry and wavy. This is very common together with nearsightedness, myopia, or also farsightedness, hyperopia. So together with these two conditions, It's important to mention that both eyes can present this to a different degree, which is precisely my case. On the right eye, this is happening much more than on my left eye. So I bought the new glasses, and they arrived two days ago, as I'm recording this on Wednesday. Last time I went for cheap ones, so this time I decided to spend some more on the frame. Currently I'm trying to use the glasses all the time, which feels, um, weird. It definitely feels much better when driving, watching TV, playing Xbox, or just right now, working on the screen. But I noticed that when they slide down immediately when I'm sweating, that's something I still need to get used to. This extra weight on top of the nose. It's maybe like a new pair of shoes. You have to get used to it by wearing it. Why am I telling you all of this? Why am I starting the show with a rant about my faulty eyeballs and some pieces of glass lenses that we put in front of them? Two reasons. First of all, constantly get your eyes checked, dear rabbits. I would suggest you do it once per year, because as you see with my old glasses, well, I don't see properly with them. Um, that's a good example of how your vision slightly changes over time. It's a slow process, so you will not notice from one day to the other. But over a year, the graduation of the lenses that you need might change. And most places will check your eyes for free, and it only takes about 5 minutes of your time. You can easily do that when you are already at the mall. Just go get your eyes checked painlessly and quickly. And secondly, I think this is just beautiful such an easy and simple device like glasses are such a great example of how science helps us fix problems. Our eyeballs can be a little bit irregularly shaped and they can even slightly differ among each other. And this is not a perfect design as some people choose to believe, but we can easily correct it by putting some glass pieces in front of it. side note, isn't it hilarious How some people choose to believe in intelligent design and claim that we are such a perfect creation of God and that we should not mess with that intelligent design and alter anything about our bodies. And then the same people who make these claims are wearing glasses. Well, if you want to make the point that the eye is such a perfect divine design, then maybe you shouldn't alter it with glasses, right? Oh, uh, one more thing. A question to those who already have experience wearing glasses. When wearing a face mask, as you breathe out, your glasses immediately steam up, making it impossible to look through after just some breaths. What do you do about that? Please let me know. As some neighbor's dog is also weighing in. Anyway, thanks for keeping up with my rant. This week, I want to take a quick look at a topic ...that I wanted to do originally a year ago, but in my excitement over the final season of Dark, I totally missed it. On June 19th, which happens to be my wife's birthday, by the way, you will probably hear the word Juneteenth a lot. So let us shed some light on it today in this show. After that, I want to follow up on a segment from last week, about cancel culture. Because just this week, these days, there is a new flame kindling right here in Mexico and I wanted to tell you about it. But how about we finally start this show? Okay, so I hadn't heard the term Juneteenth until last year. But thanks to the internet, social media, etc. now we all have access to information and will encounter these terms. In the United States, probably everyone knows what Juneteenth refers to. Last year, this was just a few weeks after the murder of George Floyd, which is why probably there was much more noise about the issue as usual. Let's take a look at the story of Juneteenth as history.com of all places describes it. So I'm going to read from that article. What is Juneteenth? Juneteenth commemorates the effective end of slavery in the United States. Juneteenth, is short for June 19th, marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and ensure that all enslaved people be freed. The troops' arrival came a full two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest-running African-American holiday. Confederate General Robert E. Lee had surrendered to Court Courthouse two months earlier in Virginia, but slavery had remained relatively unaffected in Texas, until U.S. General Gordon Granger stood on Texas soil and read General Orders No. 3. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Quote end. The Emancipation Proclamation issued by President Abraham Lincoln on January 1, 1863, had established that all enslaved people in Confederate states in rebellion against the Union quote, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. Quote end. But in reality, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't instantly free any enslaved people. The proclamation only applied to places under Confederate control and not to slaveholding border states or rebel areas under Union control. However, as Northern troops advanced into the Confederate South, many enslaved people fled behind Union lines. In Texas, slavery had continued as the state experienced no large scale fighting or significant presence of Union troops. Many enslavers from outside the Lone Star State had moved there, as they viewed it as a safe haven for slavery. After the war came to a close in the spring of 1865, General Granger's arrival in Galveston that June signaled freedom for Texas's 250,000 enslaved people. Although emancipation didn't happen overnight for everyone, in some cases, enslavers withheld the information until after harvest season. Celebrations broke out among newly freed black people, and Juneteenth was born. That December, slavery in America was formally abolished with the adoption of the Thirteenth Amendment. The year following, 1865, freedmen in Texas organized the first of what became the annual celebration of Jubilee Day on June 19th. In the ensuing decades, Juneteenth commemorations featured music, barbecues, prayer services, and other activities, and as black people migrated from Texas to other parts of the country, the Juneteenth tradition spread. In 1979, Texas became the first state to make Juneteenth an official holiday. Today, 47 states recognize Juneteenth as a state holiday, while efforts to make it a national holiday have so far stalled in Congress. So, as I said, this text comes from a source that I will link in the show notes, because it's not mine. So you can see why last year there was more noise about this in the lights of what just happened with George Floyd and many others. It is important that we learn about these things, even if we're not living in the United States, just as it's important to learn about how Germany got into the position to put Hitler into power, for example, even if you are not in Germany. We need to learn about our history, so that we can appreciate where we came from, the mistakes that have been made, how things have improved, and which other things that are still just wrong. I hope you learned something about Juneteenth. I definitely did. So, yes, I knew about uh, freeing the slaves and about the 13th Amendment. and We also learned this in school in Germany. But for some reason, I had never heard the term Juneteenth in this context. And I had no idea that 47 of the 50 states recognized this as a state holiday. By the way, the only three states that don't are the Two Dakotas and Hawaii. <coughs> Let us now move on to a follow-up on last week's episode. On that show, we learned about cancel culture. And guess what? There is just a new case cooking up here in Mexico. Let's see who are the two people that are involved. Let me first introduce Barbara de Regil to you. She is an actress who is best known for her leading role in the telenovela Rosario Tijeras, which was very popular here in Mexico, just during the years from 2016 to 2019, running for a total of three seasons. That surely means something. Usually, telenovelas just run for one long season, not three. Other than being an actress, Barbara de Regil is also a fitness enthusiast, and when the pandemic started, she became more famous for her live transmissions on social media, where she would give her followers fitness tips. On Instagram and TikTok, she both has over 8 million followers. She started selling her own brand of a protein drink, which is quite pricey. She promotes it as being the cleanest and apt for vegans, and to be very efficient. Let's now introduce the other player in this, a nutritionist called Ariel Terron. He bought the protein and sent it to a lab to analyze its ingredients. The analysis revealed that the protein drink does not keep all of its promises. For example, it contains vitamin D3 which is animal-based, making the protein drink not vegan. Other ingredients are not present in doses big enough to cause anything other than a placebo effect. Ariel concluded that the protein must have been processed in a way to make its production cheaper. And he published all this analysis on his YouTube channel, which currently has 330,000 subscribers, so it's quite big. In his video, by the way, he was actually very respectful towards Barbara, sending her virtual hugs and everything. He did this so she could improve the product. That was his purpose, as he said in the video. So far, so good. Just this week, Ariel Terron has reported that he has been receiving constant threats to himself and his family, and what we can probably call cyber-stalking from Barbara. He announced that he would have to shut down all his social media because he's no longer feeling safe. But some other colleagues with big social media following jumped in and stated their support to The Nutritionist. Now, as for Tuesday, people are actually calling their friends and followers to help cancel Barbara de Regil to stop following on her on all social media accounts. Well, I have never followed her anywhere. But if Terron's claims are true, I would also say that he deserves all the support that he can get. He is just doing his job, honestly. He's not blackmailing anyone, he's just sharing evidence that he actually has, thanks to science. And the person who is selling the product is now trying to use her fame to discredit him. It will be interesting to see where this is going. One week can be long, so I am sure that next week I can give you another update on this. Let us now close the show with our critical thinking game, Find the Fake. All right, as usual, here are three science news, two of them are real news and one of them was turned into fake news by me, and you can play along. Item number 1, an ancient creature thought to be a teeny dinosaur turns out to be a lizard. Item number 2, African great apes are predicted to migrate to new terrains over the next 30 years. And item number 3, a nearby star's death will cause a chaotic game of Planet Pinball. So you can still pause and play along, because now I'm going on to reveal these stories. Item number one, an ancient creature thought to be a teeny dinosaur turns out to be a lizard. This one is true. I found this on ScienceNews.org, written by Carolyn Gramling on June 14th. A weird hummingbird-sized O kangaroo has puzzled scientists since its discovery. A tiny creature caught in amber 99 million years ago isn't the smallest dinosaur ever found. It is actually a lizard. Albeit a really bizarre one. Researchers report on June 14th in Current Biology. So this has been an animal that was puzzling the paleontologists. But now they found out that they actually can classify it as a lizard. So they used CT scans to examine the specimens. And they found features like scales teeth attached to the jawbone directly rather than in sockets as dinosaur teeth were and so they classified it as a lizard i love this when science finds new information and they correct previous mistakes they adjust the theories and the models according to evidence let's continue with item number two an african great ape's are predicted to migrate to new terrains over the next 30 years. This one is the fake. And unfortunately, the news is not that good. So this comes from the Wildlife Conservation Society, published on Science Daily, June 7th. And the true heading is, African great apes are to suffer massive range loss in the next 30 years. A new study predicts massive range declines of Africa's great apes, gorillas, chimpanzees, and bonobos due to the impacts of climate change, land use changes, and human population growth. So, there you go once again. It's just another piece of evidence how we humans are affecting the planet and other species and habitats. There you go. Which, of course, all means that item number three, a nearby star's death, will cause a chaotic game of planet pinball. This one is true. I found this one on uh, sciencefocus.com, written by Sarah Rigby, PA in science, I think I took articles from her before, published June 11th. So, astronomers have predicted that the transformation of a star into a white dwarf will send its planets bouncing off each other's gravity. This is a star system a little bit over 100 light years away from us, and it has several planets going around it. Um, They talk about four planets locked in a rhythm around a nearby star. They're destined to be sent pinballing around their solar system while their sun eventually dies, a study suggests. Uh, This star is named HR 8799, and this system is 135 light years away. Yeah, the star is 30 to 40 million years old, and has burned through its fuel, uh, fuel pretty much. The planets are more than five times the mass of Jupiter, orbiting very close to each other. So those are some of these famous hot Jupiters. So this is a really cool piece of news. Of course, will be interesting to follow this one up as well. Did you get it this time, or was I able to fool you? Please let me know and dear rabbits, this is all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening. If you like the show and you want to support me, there are easy and painless ways, which are all for free. Rate and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Share it with your friends on your social media. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. You can find all the links in the show notes. Every little bit helps. If you want to be on the show, or you know somebody that you'd like to be a guest, please drop me a note on social media. Stay safe and stay curious. Until next Thursday, I'm Marco and this has been Where Did the Rabbit Go? And of course, because it's June 19th and it's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday to my wife, Lily. I'm not sure if I can play this because of the copyrights. It's Las Mananitas, the traditional birthday song. Anyway, so it's an important birthday. I hope you're having a great day. I'm hoping to surprise you somehow. And uh, thank you for keeping up with me.